0: Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We are excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. Well, welcome to church this morning. I hope we're in for a good morning. I know Pastor Ann's communion message this morning wasn't that brilliant? Didn't that open up the communion message for you a bit more? I love that, Pastor Ann. Thank you so much. You can be seated today. On behalf of our senior pastors, Pastor Byron and Ann, um, welcome to church. And it's my great honor and privileged to be opening up the Word today, we'll be reading from Luke chapter 1, so you can turn there, or you can go there in your iPhone, if you have your iPhone, your iPad, or if you're paper-based, ba- that's still good, kill those trees, that'd be brilliant. At home, Luke 1, now I love the, I love the, I love it on paper too, I can't read off off a tablet. I'm in the wrong generation, people. I don't know what's wrong with me, but I can't read a book off an iPad or off an iPhone, so I have to read the paper base. That's for me. Um, Either way, it's cool, though, as long as we get the Word of God, amen? Yeah, cool. Fantastic. Well, it's my great honor and privilege to be sharing around the Word. My name is Daniel. I'm part of the team. Me and my wife, Poppy, we lead the youth ministry here, which is a great honour and privilege. And we want to thank every single parent. We've wrapped up youth for the year. But we want to thank every parent who's sent their kid in faith, who's, you know, who's, who's been, been a part. We've had many parents a part of youth this year, Lincoln and Todd and all the people who have made youth happen this year. We want to say thank you for making youth and a community for young people to belong to. And we always take that as a great honour and privilege that we get to do that at Highway. Are we ready for the word? Brilliant. We're going to be turning to Luke chapter 1, 39 to 44. If you're at home, also a welcome to you. You can turn your Bibles there. We're going to pick up in the story, Mary, sorry, has just realised, she's just been told that she's going to give birth to a son. And when we read this, we can often read the Bible as if, you know, this was a good thing happening to Mary. But in reality, when you take back all of the, you know, the, what we know of the story, this is a really, really bad moment for Mary when you think about it. Like, no mother would desire to be married in that circumstance. No one wants to know that your son is going to come into the world and that, you know, it's going to be a very controversial, controversial moment in history. People are going to be looking at you thinking something that's not true because she was to be conceived as a virgin. He was to be conceived from the virgin. And all these things that are so, I guess, drama affected around the story. And I would say if, if we were married today, a lot of us would feel unease a lot of us will feel panicked, a lot of us will feel hard done by, by God, a lot of us us would even feel probably angry that God didn't have every detail sorted out from the very beginning. And we're going to pick it up in verse 39, it says, at that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. That's Elizabeth. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. There's something about what you bring into every room. That when you carry something that's beyond you, something that's not from your natural perspective, who knows that the Holy Spirit connects with people in the room that you walk into. That something can leap within the people that surround you. Verse 42, in a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favoured? That's a strange way for Elizabeth to address Mary, because we have to remember that Mary should have technically been shunned by Elizabeth for being pregnant, not married yet, awkward. So she goes from being this shunned woman that Elizabeth should have pushed away to being something that leapt within Elizabeth saying, hey, there's something more at play than what we see here. And she says, you are favoured. You're not, you're not despised. You're not rejected. You're not the outcast that society says that you are. You are favoured among women, that the mother of my Lord should come to me as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, I love this part, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Today's message is titled, The Joy Set Before Us. The joy set before us. Have you ever had something that looked like bad news actually turn out to be good news? We've had those moments where you get a report and it looks like bad news, but it was actually a blessing in disguise that that report came the way that it did? Who's thankful for those moments where God turns those bad reports into good reports? Where society and people around you, even at home, people that surround you can say what they want, but God is working something together for your good. Have you had those moments? Mary was carrying something that people assumed was bad news. Your life right now could be carrying something that you, the people around you, would assume is bad news. Maybe it's your story, maybe it's your past, maybe the things that are happening right now in your world. People are saying that's bad news for you, that's terrible, That but God is in the business of bringing good news from bad news. He's in the business of turning all things together for His good. Come on, Where was the last time you thanked God for the bad report that he turned for good? When Mary could have been, she could have been cynical. God, why did you do this to me? God, why, why, how come this is happening? How come you haven't let everybody know that what I'm saying is true? That I, I was chosen by you to give birth to a savior of the world? Why can't everybody just know? Why do I have to be despised? Why do I have to be outcast? Why do I have to be this woman from Nazareth who has no financial stability, no family support around me? It doesn't say that people gathered around her. It says that she went there by herself. Nazareth, one of the lowest socioeconomic places in the region. She had nothing going for her, which was perfect for God. You see, everything points to the situation being a bad turn of events. Who knows that in your life, sometimes everything points to the situation looking so, so bad. But God has a way of making things work. We better get thankful sometimes for the bad in our life. We, better, we, we have to learn, and this is, this is not the most, you know, we're not going to get many amens to this, but we better learn to praise God in every season. We better learn to praise God before we see breakthrough. If we're going to make it, we better learn to see the thing that is before us and give Him praise anyway. To give Him praise despite our problem. To give Him praise despite our situation. If you're at home, to give Him praise despite what you see right now. We better learn to be a church that is not feelings-based, not emotions-based, not even facts-based, but is faith-based. That is choosing God every single day. You see, when Mary walked into Elizabeth's house, something entered the room that was beyond Mary. When you walk into the rooms and into your workplaces, into your week, something enters your week, the room, the family situation that is beyond you, that is beyond your power or your strength. See, Mary couldn't see it physically. They couldn't see. All they knew was that she was pregnant. They could see that, they could see the bad thing, but that nobody could see the good thing that was taking place. Elizabeth couldn't see it, but gee, she felt it. Sometimes you don't see it, but oh, you can feel it in your heart. If you have faith that's ready to receive, you can, you can feel it in your heart before you even see it. Isn't that what the Bible says faith is? Joseph couldn't see it, but again, God came to him. We better have a faith that is not feelings-based. You see, our joy is dependent on who Jesus is rather than on who we are or what is happening around us. See, our joy comes from the Lord. Our joy is not just a happiness. It's not just feeling good. It's not just good vibes only. It is a joy that comes from the Lord that is overabundantly more. It is a joy that is not found in anything else, anyone else other than the King of Kings, and the Lord of Lords. You see, people who have no faith for the future are usually the least joyful. People who have no fa- have you met those people? Have you been that person at times? Let's be honest, we probably all have. Those moments where you're just like, oh, is anything good gonna come of this? What's the future hold? What's tomorrow look like? You get around those types of people, who knows, they start to bring you down. They start to have no faith that God could work something in the future that they're walking into. And they lose their joy as a result. Who knows that in the current climate, we have a lot of people that lack faith in the future. We have a lot of people that need the joy of the Lord on their side. We have a world that is crying out for a church that has the faith the world doesn't. We have a world that is crying out for a church who have the faith that is not led by how we feel or what we look like or what's going on around us but is led by who Jesus is. You see, Mary wasn't called to understand the story yet. She wasn't, she wasn't given the gospels and said an outline of what's going to happen here. No, she was just called to deliver something to earth. You see, we are called to take heavenly things and bring them to earth. We are called to take a heavenly kingdom and bring it to earth, its foundations, its principles. We are called to bring the joy of the Lord to earth. You and I do not get the luxury of understanding all that God is doing. Isn't that annoying? Don't you wish you could Google what is God up to right now? Search, get it. You know, we Google, you know, I was thinking about this the other day, like 30 years ago, I'm pretty sure people could just say anything because nobody's going to check the facts in the book. You know what I mean? You have, no one's going to go to the library, check the facts that was given. But if you say anything today, kids on their iPhone straight up like, no, that's wrong. I found a source here. It's not right. <laughs> I was like, gee whiz here we go but the thing is is that we don't like not knowing what God's up to and Mary had no clue what God was doing all she knew is that she was going to deliver a savior all we have to know is that we have been commissioned by God to deliver something into every room we walk into Galatians 5, to 23 says this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, forbearance, self-control, but f- joy. Have you ever noticed that fruit is, it just, a, a fruit tree will bear fruit. It doesn't have to try to bear the fruit. Who's picky with their fruit? I am picky with my fruit. You can even ask Poppy. I'm very picky when it comes to selecting the fruit that I want to eat. So I have no shame in walking into Coles and grabbing the apples and seeing if there's any bruises or anything like that. It got a little bit awkward around COVID time, but you'll have to forgive me. But the avocados, you know, checking to make sure they're good. There's nothing worse than grabbing a piece of fruit, it looking great on the outside, only to be rotten on the inside. I remember one time I bought a toffee apple, sugar-coated apple. It's got to be good, yeah? And I remember that I bought this toffee, um, this toffee apple and I bit into it. Looked great right on the outside. This fruit looked phenomenal. Sugar-coated. I was like 13. I loved it. And I remember I bit into the half of it. And lo and behold, I pulled out a worm, half a worm and a rotten apple on the inside. And I remember thinking, it looks so good. But really, it was rotten. There's no use having fruit that looks good on Sunday if it doesn't come to fruition on Monday. There's no use having the fruit that looks good, but isn't good. No use having a sugar-coated Christianity that's only good to look at, but not good to use in the moments when you need it most. There's no good having a faith that's good and polished and we can make sense of everything if in the moments where you have no light, in those moments where you have no answer, it can't be the fruit that produces uh, something in your life. See, what taste is the fruit in your life leaving to those around you? Are you bringing something into the, Mary brought something into the atmosphere that affected Elizabeth's life. She encountered the power of the Holy Spirit, church. What's not to say that when you bring the fruit of God, the joy of the Lord into the situation, oh, there's a world that's crying out for it. What's not to say that people will pick up on the sense that that there is a spirit that is different to you and it's not the spirit of the world, it's the spirit of the risen King. You see, fruit that's connected to the branch just grows. Only fruit that's disconnected begins to die. It's the fruit of the Spirit. If we want to grow joy in our life, get connected to the life source, the Spirit of God. If we want the fruit of the Spirit, if we want joy beyond our understanding, joy despite our circumstance, joy despite what we see, then we had better get connected to the power of God. The fruit of the Spirit does not come from you attempting to grow it, does not come from doing it in your own strength. It comes from relying on the Holy Spirit to lead and guide your life. Fruit, you know where the seed starts? You know where seeds grow in the dirt. We realise that, hey. So when the Holy Spirit gives us the seed of the the fruit and our situation looks bad and it looks dark and it looks dirty, it's in those places that the fruit of the Spirit grows best. Do we understand that? That when, 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 we, when we're in a dirt situation, when we're, you know what you throw on it? You throw manure on dirt and make... When you're in a crappy situation, God can use the seed of His Spirit to produce something in your life that you can't grow in your own strength. When you have the seed of the Spirit living in you, it can produce in all seasons because God can work all things for your good. The touch of the Spirit brings forth the fruit. Brings forth the fruit. Hebrews 12, verse 2. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him endured the cross. That's a weird place to put joy, don't you think? That's a strange play. For the joy before him? Let's just take a moment to read that scripture. For the joy. This is the example that we have to live by as his church, as his hands and feet. That Jesus, for the joy set before him, endured. that something was beyond that he looked forward to, that he anticipated, that pulled him through what he was about to endure so that we could be saved. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of God, throne of God. Could it be that the joy that is before you is greater than the pain that surrounds you. Could it be in our world, if I can have the band back up, that the joy that is before you is greater than the pain that surrounds you? We have a joy set before us, church. You see, joy causes us to look forward in the future with an anticipation that God is moving. Joy causes us to look forward and not backward. Who knows that if you spend too much time looking into the revision mirror rather than the windscreen, you're going to crash pretty quickly. There's a reason why the revision mirror is small and the windscreen is big. It's so that you can keep your eyes moving forward so that you don't collide into things all along the way. And the same thing is with God. Our faith needs to be pointed forward towards the joy set before us in every circumstance. There's the joy of the Lord in every moment. Have you been in those moments? I remember one time I was, I had just lost my license. I had had a seizure. I was, how old was I? 22, I believe. And I just lost my license for a year. And you know, like, that's a big thing for that age. And I'm like, I was trying to get down uni. I was involved with youth here. And it just meant that pretty much I was very, very limited in what I could do, A, for God, but also to um, finish my degree. So I'm catching trains and buses, and anybody who does that day in, day out, I respect you. Um, That is like a great thing that you do. But I hated it, hey. I'm not a public transport person. And I remember I'm sitting there, and I'm just down in the dumps. I'm sitting there at at this train station, and I am literally angry with God, I'm like, God, I've got a connect group I'm trying to run for youth. I've got parents who aren't willing to drive their kids to the connect group. I've got youth this. I can't connect with kids. I'm throwing all these reasons at God why I should still have my license, why He should just make me better and I wouldn't have to lose it and that it would be effective for Him. And I'm throwing all these reasons at God and then I feel God's Spirit just say, get up and pray. And I'm sitting at the train station at like peak hour and I'm like, no, I'm not going to get up and just walk around and start praying. He's like, no, no get up and pray. I remember in that moment, something like sparked in me and said, no, no, I've got to do this to get my head in in, in the future, not where I'm at. That if I sat here wallowing in where I'm at, if I sat here stuck where I am with this bad report, I would never get to see the good thing that God wanted to do. I remember as I got up, I just started like real quiet, just started praying and started praying to God. I'm sort of walk because I walk when I pray. I'm like a phantom walker. You may not be, but I am. I just walk all... You ask the youth team, I'll walk all around this building. I have no shame. When I pray, I walk. And so I'm walking everywhere, all over this platform. And then I just felt something just break. I felt something just click. It was just a moment. And I remember this, this joy came over my heart. I was like, hey, I, don't, I may not have my license, but I'm still in a place where I can impact youth in this generation. I'm still in a place where I can start to lean on God here. I'm still in a place where I can go to God and I can say, God, make a way where there doesn't seem to be a way. God, use my weakness and turn it into my strength. God, take this moment and use it to build something in me. And as I started to walk on this platform, I sort of just start to feel like something just break in my heart that God was actually doing something through the season that I was walking through. And instead of just going through or getting through the season, I used that season as a time to build my trust in God. And there's been moments where I've done that and there's been moments where I haven't. I'm not perfect at all. But the truth is, each and every one of us go through seasons where we've done that and where we haven't. But what would, you, what, would we, what would happen if we chose to make every season bear fruit in our life, to choose to make every season do something in our hearts? You see, Nehemiah 8.10, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Joy is not how I feel right now. It is faith for the future. It was for the joy set before Jesus that he endured humanity. Could you imagine being divine and having to put up with mere humans? He was fully God, fully human. But still, people, problems. It was for the joy that he humbled himself. It was for the joy set before him that he was born in a manger. It was for the joy set before him that he hung on the cross. It was for the joy set before Him that He became obedient to death. But it was for the joy set before Him that He rose. You see, joy helps us endure the temporary to bring forth the eternal of God. And I just pray that in this moment, God's joy would do something in your heart. That the bad news the place, the dirt that covers your life right now would produce the fruit of joy. That the dirt and the grime and the mess that may cover your life, whether you're at home or in the room, that God's joy would bear fruit right now in this season, in your life. But He can do it. God can do it. Mary was just a girl in Nazareth, and God said, you can carry my spirit. You can carry my presence. Did we know that we carry the presence of God? That just as Mary walked into the room, you walk into your week, and you have a choice to make. Oh, it's going to be a terrible week got to do this, got Christmas is coming up, got this happening, got this happening, going to be stressed about all the family coming around that I don't really want to have around but I have to have them around because otherwise they'll get offended that I haven't invited them and then I have to cook and I have to do the ham, I have to do all the turkeys, I have to do whatever I have to do to go buy Christmas shopping and have to get that done, I have to go see that kid, that kid misbehaved last week at school so I have to go see the principal. All the things that we could set our attention on or we can give what we can to God and say, God, produce the fruit in my life in this season that bears something for the world around me. I choose joy. I choose joy. The Holy Spirit can produce the fruit in your heart. Do you feel weak? Do you feel tired maybe by this year or last year? Do you feel like you have faith For the future. You see, church, there is a joy that is set before us, and his name is Jesus. There is a joy that is set before us, and his name is Jesus. We cannot get used to the name, we cannot get complacent with the name, we cannot get used to being able to cry out to the name of Jesus because it is a good name and He has good grace for us, He has a space and a grace for us that allows us to choose joy today. There is a joy for us, there is a joy set before us whether we see it right now or we don't, that will bring forth fruit in our life, that will be eternal, and that will, God will use to build us for the future. I wonder if I can pray. Dear Lord, I pray for every person in this room. In fact, why don't we stand to our feet in this moment? Father God, there was a joy set before you. God, before you endured the cross, you had your eyes on joy. Before you went through death, you had your eyes on the joy set before you. That joy was our freedom that joy was our, your grace. That joy was relationship with us, humanity. And God, I pray for every person who finds themselves, Lord, in a bad new situation. I pray, Lord, for every person who feels tired or feels weary by this year. I pray right now, Lord, for every person who finds themselves stressed out. And I pray, Lord, the joy of the Lord that would become their strength. I pray, Lord, that at the end of our our strength is the beginning of Yours, that, God, to lean on You is a glorious thing. And, God, we would choose to lean on You in all seasons. Father God, Holy Spirit, I thank You, Lord, that we have access to the fruit of Your Spirit through the power of the Holy Spirit. That, Father God, as we connect ourselves to Your presence, the fruit of the Spirit must produce in our life, in our heart, in our mind, God, in our emotions, the joy of the Lord. So Father God, we look to you and we are filled with joy. We look to the cross and we are filled with joy. We look to our salvation and we are filled with joy. We look to the future and we are filled with joy. In Jesus' name and everybody, sir. Amen. Amen. Why don't we just take a moment to raise our hands and let's worship God in this atmosphere today.